words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Eyes have not seen, nor ear heard, neither had entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them who love Him. But God revealed to them, to us, by His Spirit. It means that sometimes when you are seen by the eye, you are not seen. It means that sometimes when you are hearing the rumor and the news, you are actually not hearing. Do you understand? It means that when you are perceiving what everybody else is perceiving, your perception is wrong. Until God by His Spirit reveals to you. Until God by His Spirit unlocks something for you. Then all of a sudden, you have the right perception. Amen. Who is the man who fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. Him, he himself shall dwell in prosperity and his descendants will inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him and he will show them his covenant. This was the psalmist speaking about the kind of people God reveals his secrets to. So sometimes when we're in crisis, we're simply in crisis because we don't have the secrets of God. The crisis we have is not the crisis of the world. It's not the troubles in the earth. It's the troubles of not seeing what God is doing. It's the trouble of not hearing where God really is at. It's the trouble of not knowing what God wants to do. So, God says, show me a man who fears me. Show me a man I would like to teach my ways. This man, because he has understanding, will dwell where? In prosperity. And his children after him will inherit the earth. How many of you know that there's something about generations of the righteous? And because you are righteous now, it means that your children after you will be even more righteous. And that's why the Bible asks us to train up the children in the way they should go. Because guess what happens? As we train up our children, no matter where they go, our training is a call. They are second generation believers. Like when I'm dedicating my children, I said, this one is born in Zion. This one doesn't need to unlearn the ways of the world. He started from the right footing. When I look back in my, in my history, I was telling you guys the other day about my grandmother and the twins she lost and how she set up a shrine by her house. And she feeds these twins. Every time she eats, she goes in the morning, in the evening to feed the dead twins. Isn't that idolatry? That's real idol worship. But there's always a logic reason why these people, but now from my father, he cut off that line. So I am a second generation believer. What are my children? They are third generation believer. And because my dad feared the Lord, 
if all I can do is just maintain the fear of the Lord, my kids naturally will gravitate after holy things. The seed of God. I just teach them the seed of God and they will follow after God. Your seed will follow after God in the name of Jesus Christ. The secret of the Lord. There are things that are in God that eyes cannot see. But those things are revealed to those who fear Him. So let's this, let's talk. To, let's take down this wireframe. What is secret? Something that is not known or not meant to be known. Not known, not meant to be known. Something kept or meant to be kept. Do you guys understand? Fear is a natural and in its response beneficial feeling, the anticipation of danger. Fear is also awakened in the presence of his superior deity in striking manifestations of power, taking the form of awe or reverence. This is fear. Awe. Reverence. Isaiah 45 verse 15 says, Truly you are a God who hide yourself, O God of Israel. The Savior. Like literally. It may look like it's in the bush. It may look like it's not powerful. But it's there. Do you know spiritual things are all around us. For those who have eyes. Do you know there's powers around us. Do you know angels come in when we worship. Do you know spirit beings inhabit our worship. Do you know God is waiting for your voice as much as the devil is waiting for your voice as well, to say negative things so that he can run along and enforce them. God is waiting for your declaration. God is waiting for your utterance. God is waiting for your speech, for him to make something out of your speech. Beyond these walls, there are transactions going on. Beyond what you can see in the natural, there are spirit beings. Beyond this level, there are levels in the heavenlies. So I asked my friend who was Freemason and I said to him, so Freemason is bad. He said to me, it's not bad. It's just an association of a gentleman. It's like, it's like a sorority. It's like a, it's like a hangout of friends. And I said to him, okay, how do you get to the seventh degree? He was shocked that I knew that. He said that, no, I can't tell you that. You have to belong. Do you want to join? the powers are hidden. Why? Nobody finds gold on the streets. If you want gold, you have to dig. If you want power, you have to search. And that is why the search takes people to all the wrong kind of places. And because it's difficult, some of us enter into apathy. We don't even search anymore. Because it's complex to find it, we, we know. I remember I was doing business once. And 
I had the responsibility to set up, I think Visa was coming to Nigeria and I was supposed to set up a link, an international link to them in, uh, in Dusseldorf, Germany and then somewhere in Eastern, Eastern Europe, Czech Republic or so. I was supposed to set up a link in two difficult places. Germany, first of all, the network is very well established in Czech Republic before you bring an antenna. It's like as if you are trying to bring FBI and KGB together. So I had to find a roundabout way to do this complex transaction. It was so complex and it was supposed to cost me five times the amount of money the client was going to pay me to do the job. Until I found a telco in Czech Republic. So, I remember sitting down with the director of ATMC, that's what the consortium was called at that time. And he said to me, now you've done international business. Before, you were claiming. <laughs> do, do you know, all he needed was for me to find the right partner. There's a secret for every trouble you have. You just need to find the right person. You just need to find the right place. You just need to find the right solution for it. And God is not visible. As much as we all talk about God, not everybody sees him. He hides. And he doesn't hide so that he will not be found. He hides for the joy of the person on a quest. He hides for the delight of the person who wants he hides from casual seekers. He hides from people who are not really serious. I don't know about you, but if anybody come into your house and they want to see you, but you discover at the end of the day they are time wasters, they will sit down and just for six hours and you discover that your day, you haven't done anything. What do you do when they invite you, when they say they want to come to your house next time? Yes. A ghost. Do, do you understand? That's actually how God is. And he told us, don't cast pearl to swine. God is so loving, he's so abundant, he's so generous. But he advised us, don't give your diamonds to pigs. Because I am so open. And anyone can meet me anywhere. People used to assume that F-O-O-L is written on my forehead. And somebody looked at me and said, Oh, Pastor Mo, you're just so simple. So simple. You're not aware of the ways of the world. You know what simple means? Stupid. Do you guys understand? So you now need discernment to be able to draw the line. And God is the master of that. He can see your intention before you came. He can see you don't want him. He can see what you want is things. He can see that what you want is just that door to open for you. He can see your pretension. He can see the fakeness. He can read it through your lips, through your heart before you even utter it. He can see it. And anathema, don't come near me, is in him. I don't want to see you. For some people, that's actually how. So we're all calling upon God. And when those altars are raised, 
and that they're all altars of need and altars of our desire when we don't really want God God knows and that's why we're sort of like creating a different kind of church and that's why we're not many because the genuine seekers of God the Bible says narrow is the way and few there be that find it this church is a quiet taste you have to know you want God the songs are not nice there's no dancing there's no party every Sunday morning so why are you here you must be here because you're looking for something that is real you must be here because you're hungry for something extraordinary you must be here because your heart desires a God who hides to unlock him to release that grace to unravel the mystery of who God is truly we know that you are a God who hides yourself so people who are not serious will not see you but for us who are hungry for us who are desirous our eyes behold you our spirits perceive you we no, no sooner have we fallen on our knees and our room is filled with the presence no longer have, can we say we abide in dryness because the grace of God always wakes us up night and day because we desire Him. Say, because I desire Him. Oh Lord, I want You. I want You more than anything in all the earth. Hallelujah. Amen. He controls the course of this world. Daniel chapter 2, verse 21. Every time I read the Bible this whole week, all I could see is a God who has some things on lockdown, who has some things deeper, who has some things far away, so that the people who are casual will not see, so the people who are unwise will not enter, so the people who are playful and jovial and joking and think everything of God is jesting will not find it. He controls the course of world events. He removes kings and sets up other kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the scholars. He reveals deep and mysterious things and knows what lies hidden in darkness, though he is surrounded by light. God is in all light. But if there was a darkness there, he doesn't need to go there to know what is in darkness. In the darkest of the darkness, God's spirit hovers. Amen. What kind of secrets does God have? God has secrets for life. What kind of work should you do? What kind of career were you created for? What should marriage be like for you? What should your generations after you be? Who are your real friends as you go through life? This is a mystery. And you know many people make mistakes in life by doing these things the wrong way. Not learning what God has arranged in this area, you goof. God has mystery for your ministry. Every one of you here is called. Say, I am called. And the mystery is the mystery of godliness, first of all. The mystery that causes you to be righteous. How righteousness comes from a man who is sinful. So that man can now become a builder 
of a holy community. That man who look at himself and think like, ah, God cannot use me. That same person rises up and become a builder, a helper, an enabler. God has direction and focus for every person who he calls. He's called you to be something. Tell someone that. He's called you to be something. It's a good place to preach. Preach to your brother. He said, you're called. He said to them, you're called. You're called to do something. You're called to be something. You're called to heal the world. You're called to raise the broken. You're called to bring a witness of God in the lives of people. In the name of Jesus Christ, may your eyes be opened to see the mystery of your calling. In the name of Jesus Christ, may you understand the depth of what God wants you to do. Some of you, when you arrive in heaven, you see the number of souls you're supposed to lead to heaven. You see the number of people that you're supposed to lead into the kingdom. Some of you, your eyes will open only when you enter heaven. And then you begin to see that, ah, you are called to do something powerful. God has secrets. In the earth, it says, I have hidden treasure. He told Cyrus in Isaiah 45, I will show you the hidden treasure of secret places. He knows where things are. Do you know that we think that Nigeria is corrupt and oil and this thing? But 25 years ago, nobody knew we had lithium. What is it that we have that nobody knows yet? Mystery. Say mystery. Where is wealth in the world? 20-something years ago also was when Covenant University started, right? How many CU people are here? <laughs> Banking was fine until FinTech was discovered by some boys from CU. Do you guys understand? And a whole sector evolved. Foreign direct investment in Nigeria alone was uh, how many billion dollars in 2021 and 2022? It was like the number four highest income earner for Nigeria. Fintech in the year 2021. But 10 years ago, it did not exist. What other sectors are there that we don't know? Say hidden treasures. God understands the cultural agendas are supposed to shape the world. The ideas are supposed to shape tomorrow. God understands them. God understands the freedom movements are supposed to be a part of. And the ones we're not supposed to touch. God understands tribes and races. Every race has been created by God. The Asians, the Australians, the Europeans, the Africans. Say Africans. There's a coming time for the black race. There's a time for the black race. Every nation, every race in the world has had their time. Only the black race, our time is near. We're coming, we're coming. 
And that's why there's an onslaught of Nigeria. So when you are here, you are complaining, Nigeria is bad. Why do you think there's a fight over this nation? Why do you think the Igbos get hated all the time? Why do you think like Yorubas hate Igbos? Hausas hate Igbos. Hausas hate Yorubas. They call them bad name, Yerubawa. They call, and the Igbos hit the Yorubas back and say, Ndiofe Manu. And the houses call Igbo, Nyamiri, Nyamiri. Derogatory words. The whole idea is that the devil wants to tear us apart. And Biafra becomes a rallying call for all of us to gather under who are, who are Igbos. But the good thing is that God has made every leader of Biafra so far to be about themselves. They've been not too good for people to really fall under them. But actually the heart of God is for Nigeria to rise as a technology power in the world. As a cultural power in the future. As a place where the black race can all look at and say, eh it's okay to be black. That's the warfare over the heart of Nigeria. Because we are literally 30 to 40% of all the black people in the world. One in every five Nigerian. One in every five black people is Nigerian. Whether from Brazil, America, Acapulco, you know, Central Africa Republic. One in five black people you meet is Nigerian. We're the biggest. We're everywhere. We're crawling on the walls. We're pouring out. We're plenty. God has an agenda for you. God has something. There's a reason why you are created here. But if all you can see is traffic problem, if all you can see is Sanwolu, if all you can see is the troubles of living here, you'll be blind and you'll run away from it. But if your eyes can be opened and to see that God has a program, if you can uncover the mystery of God for Nigeria, the secret of God is with those who fear Him. He unlocks something to them. There's an eternity calendar. There's a plan of all the planets into the future. The sun, the moon, the stars. God has their program. And we don't even know all that the planets are out there. Through the Hubble's telescope, we're able to see in the farthest reach of humanity but honestly we don't see far enough nobody knows whether beyond the reach of all we can see there's life somewhere the earth is so tiny in counting the cosmos does God have other earths does God have other sons are there other people somewhere else we don't know but God has a program do you see why we can't understand all of God? He's massive. He's vast. Imagine if God takes your eyes, your face to enter the sea. And you travel through the oceans of the earth to see deep sea creatures. Imagine if God takes you into the sky. And you see how human body behaves at different levels of varying gases and atmospheric shifts in the atmosphere. There's more. Tell someone there's more. 
there's more there's more there's more in every nation in every race God has a purpose to every people God has a plan there is more I invite you to hunger to know I invite you to thirst to want to know beyond just your survival to want to know beyond just your money in your pocket I invite you to want to know more this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you. Open my eyes to see you. Open my spirit to know you. To behold the beauty, the beauty of the Lord. To inquire in his temple, the temple of the Lord. To behold the beauty, the beauty of the Lord. To inquire in his temple, the temple of the Lord. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty the beauty of the Lord to inquire in his temple the temple of the Lord to behold the beauty the beauty of the Lord to inquire in his temple the temple of the Lord say Lord I desire that which is excellent in you I desire I desire Amen. Matthew 13, 11. He answered and said to them, because it's given to you to know. Let's read this together. I want to go. He, church, don't sleep because it's raining. Can your spirit wake up? Can we read it together? One, two, go. And said unto them, because it is given to, unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them is not given. For whosoever heart to him shall more be given. And he shall have more abundance. But whoever has not from him shall be taken away even that which he had. Do you know why you come to church and get nothing? Because you have nothing. You came with nothing. If you can actually pray in your house and say, Lord, I'm going with fire. And you ever pray in your house before coming to church, the church will now become powerful for you. Because you came with nothing. To him who doesn't have, even that little he has will be snatched away from him. To him who came with something, guess what? More will be added. This is the abundance law. The abundance law is that you have something. Is you recognize what you have because we all have something. 
But sometimes we bury what we have. We all have what? Oh my God, you guys are not participating. We all have what? But you bury what you have and you come as if you have nothing. So, because of that, you present yourself as one who is poor. And in the spirit, he doesn't like poverty. That, not that kind of poverty. Because poor in spirit means that you are desirous and hungry. But this kind of poverty is the poverty of denying what you have. Once you are poor in desiring God, even the little you have, they will collect it from your hand in the spirit. We see this in the parable of the talents. The master gave to everybody according to their ability. Anyway, there's so much to cover. So let me just give that parable for now. Like there's another place we need to enter in the journey of the discovery of the awe of God. There's another level I'm inviting all of you guys to enter in. I'm inviting you to this place of fellowship with the Spirit of God. This morning is an invitation for you to come in deeper past the place of the normal knowledge of all you know. There's more. There's more. Psalms 49 verse 3. My mouth shall speak of wisdom and the meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. I will incline my ear to a parable. I will open my dark saying upon the harp. It's the psalm of David of the sons of Asaph. My mouth shall speak of wisdom. The meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. This is a good prayer to pray. I will incline my ear to a parable. I will open my personal mysteries as I worship. Amen. What are the other words for the fear of the Lord? Can we read out these words in no particular order? Just shout them out. Love, fear, obey, follow, observe. Keep reading out. Shout it out. Lean on. Seek his face. Incline. Reverence. Tremble. Wonder. Care about. Lean on. Respect. Circumcised. Birth feet. Heartfelt. Heartbeat. Intimate. Fascination. Reverence. Trembling. Surrender. Caring about. Leaning on. Seeking his face. Observing to, to love and to obey him and to be terrified by him and to prioritize him. This is what it means to fear God. Fear God is just one word that covers the whole gamut of the kind of response that our spirit produces. Because when you hear for of God, what many people think is just paralyzing and to be afraid. No, no, it's more than that. It's to prioritize. It's to obey. It's to honor. It's to reverence. It's to desire. It's to hunger for. It's to make him your heartbeat. It's to wonder. It's to be in awe. It's to be fascinated by him. It's to care about what he... It's to surrender to him. It's to yield yourself. The fear of the Lord is beautiful when you understand it in its complexity. Two people abuse the fear of the Lord. Pastors who want authority. They stand and say, fear God, fear God. And they are actually arrogating authority to themselves. 
they abuse the fear of God. People who have living in sin also abuse the fear of God because they feel like God is coming to kill me. He's coming to kill me. Moses understood the fear of God. And Moses said to the people, God doesn't really want to kill you. He just wants to come among you so he can really make you understand the fear of God. The fear of God is beautiful. The fear of God is amazing. Of all things that you desire, one of the things you should never lose is your awe, is your wonder, is that anticipation of who God is, is that knowledge of who God is. Never lose your wonder, never lose your, your fascination, never lose your awe, never lose your inspiration, never lose that quaking that you have when you come before the presence of God. So Lord, I bow and I tremble. I tremble before you. I tremble at no other words, no other idols, no other thing holds my fascination, no other, no other I esteem on earth before men or before situations hold me. The fear of the Lord gets me to be intimate, to be barefoot with Him, to be circumcised in my heart, to, yes Lord, to care about the things you care about and to surrender and prioritize you. Thank you, Father God. And I'm just giving you scripture after scripture that so you know that it's not a side concept in the Bible. It's the main topic of the Bible. It's to be fascinated by God. It's to be, it's to be captivated by God. It's to be infused with the beauty of who God is. This scripture we began with, as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which has been given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that through this we may be partakers of the divine nature. When God opens to you, you become a partaker. You become a participant on what being divine looks like. You escape the corruption that the world gives to you. You escape the esteem that men give to you. You escape it. Because everything the devil gives you will be perverted. We see world leaders in cults looking for power. But guess who the real power is? Whether Nigerian leaders have scores of human beings inside cabinets. You read these stories, you see it, watch it in Hollywood movies, it's real. The cult for mystery is real. But who has the key to all mysteries? We're not ready to pay the price to run after God as it should be run after. Because in the spiritual, there are some currency that you use. One of the persons God began to threaten when he was complaining too much, was a man called Job. And I want us to read this series of things that God told Job together. Number one, Job 38, verse 1 to 3. Let's read together. Job, out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. That's scary. Why are you darkening counsel? You know when you speak without knowledge, guess what you're doing? 
the darkened council. I will speak. You prepare to answer me. Next slide. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Read it out, guys. One more time. Let's start again. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurement? Surely you know. Who stretched out the line upon it? To what were its foundations fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone of the earth? Another one. Morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Or who shut the sea in with his doors when it burst forth and issued from the womb. When I made the clouds his garment and thick darkness his swaddling band. When I fixed my limit upon it and set bars and doors. Wow. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place that it might take hold of the ends of the earth and that the wicked may be shaken out of it. It takes on form like a clay under a seal and stands out like a garment. From the wicked their light is withheld and a braided arm is broken. Pause there. Like God was asking you, Job, have you commanded the morning? That way before the turbines of production turn in the morning, way before the chains of production begins to move and factories begin to open, the, a people will wake up and command the day. And God was telling Job, did you wake up and command the morning? Have you spoken to the elements of the earth? Did you tell daybreak that it should understand its place? Do you tell the sun what it should do to you? Did you tell the atmosphere how it should respond to you? Have you commanded the morning? There are deeper things in God. Tell someone there are deeper things. Have you been able to ask the earth to shake out wickedness? Like you wake up before daybreak and begin to speak to the morning and say morning every wickedness in you will fall off can you see cause the dawn to know its place and it may take hold and the wicked will be shaken out of it command your morning command the day speak life over yourself speak with authority sometimes somebody says like if I have been making proclamation what have you been proclaiming? God wants you to speak. Speak, speak, speak. Tell someone, speak. Look at what God asked him again. Do you know, let's read again, want to go. Do you know the ordinances of the heaven? Can you set their dominion over the earth? Can you lift up your voice to the clouds? that an abundance of water may cover you. Can you send out lightnings that they may go and they will say to you, here we are. <laughs> Have you sent on that to go and do so, an assignment? That's what he's saying to Job. So you're thinking you're a massive man of God. Have you sent on that to answer you, here we are. 
Say there are deeper things. Tell someone there are deeper things. And God does not hide them from you. He wants you to know them. He wants you to understand them. But at a particular level of influence, the sacrifice is also higher. God wants you to stamp heaven on earth. Heavenly beings will answer you. The whole idea of the fear of God is to preserve you. And how you preserve, the first step is sacrifice. To know that nothing in the heavenly places is free. According to Nollywood star, there must be sacrifice. I didn't call anybody's name. Pay the price. Now, a lot of new age Christians struggle with paying the price because they feel like Jesus has done it. Yes, he has done it. But there's a participation. Jesus wants you to participate. He wants you to pay a price. He wants you, he wants you to put God at the center. And that thing, what happens that to put God at the center is two things. One, kill what is coming from you. Kill the noise from you. And then focus on God, what God wants to do. To put God at the center is two things. Many people want to focus on what God wants to do, but they forget the noise that is coming from them. There is so much noise coming from you that you cannot focus on what God wants to do. So you have to kill that noise within first and then focus on what God wants to do. Then finally, whenever God wants to keep anything safe, he keeps it holy. He keeps it in integrity. If God wants to preserve a church, he makes sure the church is holy. Holiness preserves. Integrity preserves. Longevity is a product of sacrifice of God at the center and integrity. I repeat, longevity is a product of sacrifice, God at the center and integrity. Sacrifice is the opening, the way by which you open the door into spiritual things. God at the center is the way by which you frame what you are doing. Integrity is the way by which you keep it going. Because whatever, people can taste what is fake, what is not real, what is not genuine, people can taste it and they don't want it. Amen. The fear of God preserves. I'm going to jump over this finally. Would you like to know his secrets? Tell someone that. Would you like to know? Would you like to know the secrets of the Lord? What's the point of coming to church every year and never looking like God? 
What's the point of praying and not knowing whether God even hears the prayers you're praying? What's the point of being a believer but you never encounter God? The things of God are not really real to you. This entire journey is about knowing. It's about being sure now before we die. It's about working with God today. I want to drop this down so every one of you can know it. That those who are in awe of God are the one who gain from Him the most. If you have a friend who you're doing see finish with, you can never benefit from that friend. The people who reverence God, to Him, He will unlock the mysteries of the ages. The people who desire Him, the people who carry Him into their day, not just for what you're looking for, not just for what you will get, but for what He wants. How many of you have woken up and asked God, God, what do you want today? What would you like to do? God, what would you want me to do for you? That's a powerful prayer, right? We're always asking God to do something for us. How about you asking God, God, what would you like me to do for you today? That is when God unlocks secrets. We know the story of Hannah in the Bible and how she was looking for a child until one day she entered the temple and saw how everybody was behaving. She just thought, oh my God, God has no one. She saw how she was praying and Elkanah, no, and uh, Eli could not even decipher whether she was grieving or whether she was drunk. The man of God could not descend. She just said, I'm going to give God a prophet. I'm going to what? Give God a prophet. It was no more about her looking for a son. She went to God and said, God, let's make a deal. You give me a son. I give you a prophet. And the prophetic thing to do in the temple and the ordering of the temple there was no sign that Samuel ever made mistakes. He was a prophet without mistakes. He was raised well, groomed by his mom properly. No mistakes. He served God perfectly. In the end of his life, he stood before the people and said, any one of you have taken your goat, raise up your hand. Nobody. Any one of you have taken something from you that you did not plan to give, raise up your hand. Nobody. Any one of you have taken your daughter, Nobody. No cheating. No integrity issues. All the days of his life. A perfect prophet unto the Lord. Raised by a woman who saw the need in the heart of God. Can I ask you a question? You've been asking God for things. What can you do for God today? <laughs> the secrets of God. The unlocking of God. The opening of all things that God has has to do with the people who are in awe of Him. You will know His secrets. 
said to, can I do anything without revealing it to Abraham? Seeing that he's my friend and he will command his household after me. The fear of the Lord is to know these secrets of the Lord. These same things we talk. If you have these things, if you have these things, you already know his secrets. If you have these things, if these things are in you and abound, honestly, you already know the secrets of God. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.